Hello and welcome to Produced By. Just quickly before we begin, if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by joining our Patreon. You can choose from a list of memberships and will receive some exciting rewards. Thank you and back to the episode. Hello, Andreas. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Hello, Thomas. Thank you for inviting me. So for the beginning, can you please introduce yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Andreas. I'm 23 years old. Uh, I was born in Cyprus and I stayed there until I was about 12 or 13, at which point I moved with my family to Dubai and I completed my education there in Dubai. Uh, and once I finished high school, I went to the UK to study film at Middlesex University. Uh, after which I went back to Cyprus to complete my military service for 14 months. And, uh, I've been, and after I completed my military service, I've been, uh, searching for different freelance projects. Uh, videography and photography projects, and I've also been applying to internships and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. You've been to quite a few places. If you don't mind, I'm just curious, um, is that compulsory to do the military service in Cyprus? Uh, yeah, it's compulsory. Uh, actually, it used to be, uh, I think until up until a few years ago, it was two years, but thankfully they've reduced it recently to 14 months. Oh, so I see. yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. Yeah. And is that, I, I, I hope it's not a silly question, but, uh, North or South Cyprus? South, South. So, so the oh, Greek okay. Cypriot part of the country. Mm -hmm. So how, how did you find, uh, the military service? I know this is not a podcast obviously about, uh, military, but uh, <laughs> I don't meet people with such experience often. So can you briefly say, how did you find it? Yeah. Uh, so in the beginning it was a bit hard because, uh, usually, uh, by the way, it's only compulsory for males in Cyprus. So, uh, females don't have to do it. And it's, uh, they usually do it right after finishing high school. Uh, but because as I said before, I was in Dubai, I studied at university first and then I went and then I did it. So, and because mm -hmm. I was away from Cyprus for a few years, I had to readjust, uh, to the country as well. So the initial process was a bit hard for me, but, uh, it was very interesting because I did things that I wouldn't have done otherwise. Uh, I took part mm -hmm. in military exercises and yes, yeah, stuff along that, those lines. And have you been preparing physically for that in advance? Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, I had the choice to choose to which branch of the army I wanted to go. Uh, I wasn't guaranteed that I was going to get it, but I had the choice to 
say what I preferred. Uh, and one of the options was special forces, but I didn't choose that. So mm -hmm. I didn't have to prepare us physically as, as much physically, but, uh, yeah, I, I tried to prepare as much as I could by running and, uh, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And what is the yeah. age, uh, when you need to go there? I mean, it's, there's no age limit, I think. I mean, there is an age limit, but yeah. uh, usually uh, you just go there once you're done with high school. So most people oh. are 18 or 17, but mm -hmm. uh, I was a bit older. I was 21, I think, yeah, 21. Mm -hmm. So does it work that way that if there was some kind of, um, you know, situation that would require soldiers, you would need to come back to defend and fight for the country? Uh, yeah, so if there was some incident, uh, I would receive a, a notice and then I would have to go back to Cyprus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That was just a little side way that I'm curious, but I know that uh, this is not a military podcast, so let's, let's come back to your career. <laughs> Um, how was it growing up in Cyprus? You said you've been there for 12 years. So how was it? Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, it's a, it's a relatively calm country. Uh, it's not a big, it's a small island. So Cyprus is a small country. Uh, so yeah, so I was able as a, as a child to play outside and, uh, just explore. Uh, but yes, I was just a child, so I didn't do anything special in Cyprus, but yeah, mm -hmm. I, I remember those years, uh, in a positive light. Yeah. I've never been there, so I don't really know, but is it warm there the, the whole year and, you know, you can go swimming uh, to the sea, uh, because it's Island, obviously. Is there beautiful weather all the time? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the weather is mostly nice. Uh, even in the winter, it's not that cold. I mean, it's cold, <laughs> but not like northern countries. And uh, my house was really close to the beach. So uh, I used to spend a lot of time there. Uh, yeah. And many tourists Sounds come beautiful. for the beaches of Cyprus. So what then led you to Dubai? Uh, so my father got a job uh, here in Dubai. And so we just relocated uh, with my whole family. Mm. Um, so you were already prepared for the weather? Is, the, is How's the weather <laughs> in Dubai? Is it warmer than Cyprus? Yeah, it's definitely hotter than Cyprus, uh, <laughs> and I wouldn't and I wouldn't say there are seasons uh, here in Dubai. It's just always warm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so so you have to spend a lot of time inside uh, if you want to survive mm -hmm. <laughs> in the air conditioning. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm -hmm. So when did your interest in filmmaking or media begin? Was it 
when you moved or, or were you already into it uh, before you moved? Well, my exposure to films and television started when I was really young. Uh, my father took me to the cinema for the first time when I was four or five uh, to watch The Jungle Book. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and I also, as a child, I used to spend a lot of time with my grandparents and I used to watch Gunsmoke with my grandfather every, every evening. Uh, <laughs> for those who don't know, it's uh, Gunsmoke is a really old cowboy series from the USA. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's really old. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, and my parents also used to buy me a lot of DVDs. So I spent a lot of time watching uh, TV shows and films. So television and cinema have always been part of my life to some extent. Uh, But Mm -hmm. uh, it was when I moved to Dubai that I first started thinking about being involved uh, in actually making movies. Uh, but at that point, I thought that maybe I wanted to be an actor because as a child, that's your reference point. You see the actors uh, <laughs> on screen. Mm-hmm. So I thought that maybe I wanted to be an actor. Um, and then at around 15 or 16, I discovered uh, Tarantino. <laughs> wow. and, uh, So I think, I don't remember exactly which was the first film of his I watched, but I think it was Inglorious Bastards or The Hateful Mm -hmm. Eight, uh, one of these two. And uh, I don't know what it was about them, but for some reason I thought they were amazing. And Mm -hmm. uh, I felt like his movies were giving me something that other movies uh, didn't give me. I felt like he knew what I wanted to watch and he was just giving it to me. Uh, So at that point, when I discovered Tarantino, I started thinking that consciously that maybe I want to actually be behind the camera and make uh, the movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's how my interest in film started. And did you know already back then what kind of role would you want to do? If uh, director, camera person, producer or something else? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, actually, from from the beginning, uh, from when I discovered Tarantino, I, th- I wanted to be a, a director because I have uh, a lot of ideas. And so I thought that being a director would allow me to uh, bring those ideas to life. Yeah, to bring my own ideas to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I wonder how is it in uh, in Dubai when it comes to opportunities to pursue such a career? Because I guess in London it's easier thanks to uh, the industry here, the university and the the whole of, you know, film industry is growing here. But what is it like to Dubai or even uh, UAE in general? Uh, I mean, uh, there's quite a few opportunities to work in film, uh, but uh, I mean, not actually film. There are a lot of uh, marketing agencies uh, which work with big brands. 
So there are a lot of opportunities to work in the production department of such companies. But there are mm -hmm. also some, uh, in recent years, there have been, there have been a lot of uh, Hollywood and Bollywood uh, productions that come to film in Dubai and in Abu Dhabi. Uh, mm -hmm. I think people know uh, which productions I'm talking about, probably uh, Fast and Furious and Mission Impossible. <laughs> uh, and I think, yeah, and I think some James Bond films uh, also shot here in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Mm -hmm. And also Dune, the recent Denis Villeneuve oh, film. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, there are actually some opportunities to work in big cinema productions, but it's mostly marketing agencies. Always when someone, or when I think about a film in, in uh, Dubai or United Arab Emirates, this scene from Fast and Furious comes to my mind. <laughs> it's, it's just legendary. <laughs> So, yeah. do they was that come to film there because of from one? Sorry. Yeah, 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 they go from one skyscraper to the other one with this super uh, expensive yeah, yeah, car. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> there was something. Um, and can you say because you live there, so maybe you know better? But do they come to film there because it's Dubai, you know, well-known city? and some like a symbol of um, let's say luxury or wealth or are there maybe some incentives from the government as well so that it's easier to for the productions to go there yeah i mean i don't know the specifics uh uh but uh from living here i can assume certain things first of all i know that when Hollywood thinks of exotic locations, they probably think of the desert and mm -hmm. uh, other such locations. And the UAE is a really advanced Middle Eastern country. So it's really easy for such productions to come here to the UAE and find accommodation and uh, advanced resources. And there's also a lot of local talent. So yeah, the UAE makes it really easy for for such productions to come here and film mm -hmm. uh yeah and the desert is also uh, really accessible from the center of the city so i mean it's not very close but everything is connected here in the uae so it's not like a big expedition to go out there and film in the desert yeah, yeah that was actually my next question because as someone who's never been there, um, I wonder what is it like to go to the desert? Is it like, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes out of the city center and you are outside of the city and there is a huge desert or what is it like in there? Yeah. I mean, the whole of the UAE, and but I'll mostly speak of Dubai because that's where I know the most about up until a few years ago, uh, very recently, it was everything was a desert, and they advanced really quickly uh, from the. Uh, so they started advancing, I think, uh, close from near the sea, and expanding backwards deeper into the desert. Mm -hmm. uh, so, the center of Dubai 
when you're in the center of Dubai, you don't really know that you are in the desert. You can't see it. I mean, you can feel it because of the weather, because it's really hot. But yeah. you don't feel like you're in the desert. Uh, once you start moving from the center outwards, nearer to the outskirts of the city, you start seeing more sand. Uh, so you realize that you are starting to go get closer to the desert. And uh, from the center of Dubai to really go outside and see the actual desert, I think it's probably 45 minutes. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, it looks just like the movies. You can see the sand dunes and uh, the uh, mountains. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing which and... surprised me is that there are mountains uh, which look like Mars. <laughs> It's, so oh, it's not just oh. sand dunes. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a perfect filming location. And uh, I was just going to say yeah. that you've got these giant worms in, in a sand, like in the dune. No spoilers <laughs> for people who yeah. haven't seen the dune. <laughs> yeah, close your ears. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you give a little comparison between Dubai and Abu Dhabi? How would you compare it to someone who's never been there? to these two cities? Yeah, uh, I've only been to Abu Dhabi twice, uh, so I don't have a lot of experience living in Abu Dhabi. Uh, but the main differences that I saw is that uh, Dubai is uh, more advanced uh, and it's more appealing to visitors and tourists because du uh, Dubai's economy uh, relies more on tourists and expats, uh, but because Abu Dhabi is the capital of the UAE, uh, they have, uh, I, I think the, their economy is based more on the natural resources, resources that they have. So they didn't have mm. the need to make Abu Dhabi as appealing for the tourists as Dubai did. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so superficially, uh, Dubai is a more visually attractive city. Yeah, I was, was going to say before that, I guess it's well, maybe one of the reasons why productions film there, because you've got these famous landmarks, right? Such as the Burj Khalifa or Burj, Ar Burj Al yeah. Arab and others. Yeah, so it's really cool. I hope yeah, yeah, to visit the city one day <laughs> or even the country. So coming back to your career, um, how did you... What were your first steps when you decided that you want to become a filmmaker? Did you start looking for a university or what did you do? Yeah, so I started making uh, from the age of, I mean, even younger. Uh, I was making skits with my brother. Uh, but uh, before the age of 15, uh, 12, I wasn't doing it purposefully. I was just doing it for fun. So once mm -hmm. I decided that I wanted to be, uh, that I wanted to pursue film, I started making more skits with my brother, but purposefully and uh, a bit more advanced, doing a bit more advanced uh, stuff. Uh, and uh, I also decided that I wanted to actually study film at university. 
So I applied to films, sorry, to film schools in the United Kingdom through UCAS. And uh, mm-hmm. I was accepted to a few of them, and I finally decided to go to Middlesex. Okay. I, and I just wonder why didn't you study in UAE? Uh, because of opportunities? Actually, there's a Middlesex University here in Dubai as well. So I did have the opportunity to study here. I was accepted here as well. But uh, I just wanted to go to the United Kingdom for the experience. And because I know Mm -hmm. that uh, London is uh, an industry hub. So I thought there would be more opportunities there. So that's the Mm -hmm. main reason. Yeah. And one question a bit unrelated, but I wonder what languages do you speak? Yeah, I speak uh, Greek. That's my native language and uh, English, of course. (laughs) And Arabic as well or not? Uh, I did Arabic for one year at at school when I first moved here in Dubai. But then I had the choice of choosing other languages. So I did French for three years and then I did Spanish. Or two. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so I, I so know a bit of Spanish, but not anything advanced. Mm-hmm. So you don't need really to know Arabic to be able to um, speak with others in uh, Dubai because English is spoken a lot there. Yeah, yeah. You don't really need to know to speak Arabic to to live uh, to communicate effectively with people. Because Dubai relies so much on uh, tourism and it's a really international and westernized city. Uh, So, and actually I think the locals are a a minority of the population here. So Mm -hmm. most people speak English, so there's not really a need for anyone to learn Arabic. But it's just good to learn Arabic for to get closer to the culture if you're living here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess great impression if you show to someone that you speak Arabic, which is quite difficult language if yeah. you haven't been speaking that since your childhood. Cool. Yeah, that's So true. how was it how was it when you moved to to the UK? Um what were your first impressions? I actually went to the UK as a tourist a few times before I moved there. Uh, so I wasn't too surprised about uh, mm-hmm. what I encountered there. Uh, but I really enjoyed the fact that because it's a cent- it's a world center, uh, Lo- London, it's a cultural center, uh, there, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things to do, like uh, uh, theaters and cinemas and even independent cinemas. Uh, so it was uh, really... So it, London made a really positive impression on me uh, initially. Yeah, yeah. And was it, uh, the course was specifically film? Yeah. I mean, th- the actual name of the degree was BA Film. So it was a Bachelor yeah. of Arts in Film. Uh, but I had the opportunity to to specialize in a certain area of film. And I chose directing. So mm. as I was moving along the course, 
I was taking lessons that more aligned towards uh, directing. Mm -hmm. So you entered the course with uh, specializing in directing in your mind and it stayed with you till the end of the course, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So you've been polishing those skills for, for those three years. Yeah. Yeah. I actually was lucky enough that, uh, uh, I got to direct, uh, I think I directed every short film that I did at university, except one or two. Uh, mm -hmm. so I was lucky in that regard. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell us more about your final university project? It's usually the big one. So, um, if you want to introduce it to us a bit. Yeah. Uh, so for the final year uh, and the final project, I was writing a, a story by my, I mean, I was going to be the writer and director for my final project. So I started writing it, uh, but unfortunately uh, we didn't complete it because uh, uh, my university experience was disrupted by COVID. Um, oh yeah. So half I'm of the second too. year and the full of the third. Yeah, yeah. So half of the second year and the whole of the third year was completely disrupted by COVID. Uh, I mean, we never stopped working on the field. I mean, me and my team. But uh, in the end, we couldn't uh, do it because I was forced to move back to Dubai, and there were there weren't any flights. So if, even if I wanted to, I couldn't uh, travel back yeah. to the UK. So for my final project, I actually did a director's uh, uh, treatment uh, for what would the for what the film would have been had I shot it. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to give us a little elevator pitch? What was the project about? Yeah. Uh, so the story listen. was about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, if any producer is uh, listening to this and you're interested, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so the story was about a man who lost his wife. Uh, she died and, uh, in an or in order to get through his grief, he made an Android version of his wife. And so he he was living with uh, a robot version of his wife, essentially. And but in the end, he realized that uh, it's not something that will actually fill his uh, his the hole that his the death of his wife mm -hmm. left. And so in the end, he decides to terminate it. Uh, yeah. And it was supposed to be about uh, ten minutes long. Uh, and the way I was uh, imagining Im imagining it uh, was a bit like uh, uh, a bit of a strange vibe, like some of uh, Yorgos Lanthimos' films. Uh, oh, he's Greek, right? Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, he's a Greek director. Yeah. Hmm. I know there is a now film in cinemas from him that seems to be. Uh, quite well received. I haven't seen it. I don't know much about it, but I read and seems like quite successful director. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, uh, I don't think it's it's been released yet, uh, but uh, I've also read a lot of positive reviews uh, from uh, critics who've seen the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it seems to be really successful. <laughs> yeah, I assume you've seen the previous films. I I think I've seen a few, but I don't remember them that well. But if you remember, do you, can you give a recommendation to some listeners to check some of his films or one of his films? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think he's mostly known uh, for one of his first film films called Dog Tooth, uh, which <laughs> is a really weird uh, <laughs> uh, premise. Uh, I don't know if I, if I can even explain it. <laughs> If I would uh, do it justice, uh, uh, and I also enjoyed the killing of a sacred deer. Uh, that's an English language film with uh, with uh, maybe I Nicole Kidman, what, what the actor, or Colin Farrell. Yeah, yeah, with Nicole Kidman and uh, uh, another really well-known actor, but uh, I forget his name now. Isn't it uh, Colin Farrell? If it's his yeah, yeah, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can also recommend to people to watch it. I don't remember it, but I remember it was really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, most of his films are really strange, <laughs> mm. but they are good. Strange. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm curious, since you were also the writer behind your short film, what were uh, your reasoning behind such a story, or what? let you to write this type of story. Yeah. So uh, we, we've had, before I started writing, uh, we had a few meetings with the rest of the crew. And since it was a group project, we started brainstorming about different ideas. And so uh, Luisa, the sound designer said something and then that sparked an idea uh, that I thought about, and then that idea led to something else. And eventually I thought of this idea and I started writing about this. So I, so the idea wasn't there from the beginning. I just arrived to yeah. it slowly through, yeah, mm-hmm. through discussions with yeah. the rest of the team and brainstorm. If you want to boost your online presence, check out our digital marketing agency called Trailblazed. You can also enroll in our Skillshare course called the 10 tips on how to succeed in your creative career, which was inspired by the podcast. Lastly, make sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter called Creative Spotlight to stay up to date with the show and more. Links are in the show notes. Thanks. And where are you planning to somehow incorporate some sci-fi aspects since you said uh it was a robot were you planning to show it somehow or would it be like just a person behaving differently yeah i was actually considering to have the ending uh, of the robot wife uh, to be kind of violent Uh, and i was planning to show the blood of the robot which i wanted it to be blue uh, <laughs> uh, and I was inspired by a video game which I didn't play but I watched uh, videos of it on YouTube I think it's called uh, Detroit Become Human uh, so yeah 
I was inspired by a bit of sci-fi. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. Well, there would there would have been some sci-fi aspects to the story. Yeah. Yeah, that's shame that you couldn't uh, finish it. And how was the your director's yeah. paperwork? Um, was it okay? Did you manage to finish uni successfully? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I finished on time, uh, successfully. Uh, I mean, of course, I wish I could have made my final film. Uh, I, so I missed out on that, which is what the whole university experience leads up to. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I managed to adapt successfully, and I finished on time. And mm-hmm. I also think that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think during the sec the second half of the second year, I was going to work on uh, your film, uh, but I think that got cancelled as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unfortunately, they did. Yeah. It, yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah. what, so, what yeah, can I say, it was a perfect timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I felt the same. Yeah, it's yeah. like the moment we are waiting for. Everyone has this mindset that uh, final film in their third year is like, will help you to open the doors to the industry and then you cannot yeah. make it. <laughs> what what yeah. can we do? It was disappointing. Yeah. Because now I'm seeing but, some uh, students that are now in their final year and they are going to film festivals. And so uh, I'm kind of sad mm-hmm. that I didn't get to do that. But I'm hoping yeah. to do that in the future outside of mm-hmm. university. Yeah, I agree. So you moved back to UAE. How was it then? Did you move back to UK when it was, once it was possible or did you stay? So after I went to the UAE during COVID, uh, I moved back to Cyprus to do my military service. Oh, okay. Uh, and after, so that's when the military service happened. It was just after I finished university. And uh, once I finished uh, mili- the, my military service, I moved back to London to search mm-hmm. for uh, job opportunities there. And at that point, I got in touch with a location manager uh, who worked on a lot of uh, uh, productions in film and TV. Uh, And we were messaging back and forth. And just as it seemed that uh, perhaps I was going to get on a project, the actor's strike came. And so everything was cancelled. And so, oh my God. unfortunately, I didn't get to yeah. What a uh, time! But uh, I got to yeah. But I got to uh, meet a lady who was living in my building, and so I did some uh, Instagram reels for her. So at least I got to oh. get some experience in videography and editing. So what kind of reels were they? Uh, so she she was planning to make a, to start a, an online company uh, to help uh, women specifically uh, follow their aspirations using AI 
because as mm. you know AI has been uh, really famous in recent uh, months yeah yeah uh, and so I made I filmed a few Instagram reels uh, where she was introducing the company yeah that sounds like a good experience yeah, so they were basically and... introductory videos yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would ask you one question coming back to the COVID. Despite what happened and how unfortunate it was, is there something that you look back and it's something positive that you uh, take out that whole situation? Because I understand it basically ruined your plans as plans of most of the people, but was there maybe something that you look back and we are glad that it uh, happened? There's not anything that stands out uh, where I say I'm glad it happened that way, but I'm sh- but there's a few mm-hmm. lessons I learned in that whole process. Uh, the main reason was a more creative and technical. Sorry, the first lesson was a more creative and technical one, uh, which was uh, because I had a lot of time to sit by myself in my room because of lockdown. Uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking a lot about uh, my creative process. And uh, because the way it worked at university, because things move fast, uh, I was writing the script concurrently with trying to develop it as a director. Uh, so I realized during that time that I would, in my professional life, uh, I would much prefer to actually write a script and script and finish it and then take off the writer's hat and put on the director's hat and start and work that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because that process caused a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but uh, it worked out in the end uh, mm-hmm. anyway. But uh, another uh, another lesson I learned is that uh, uh, something about myself is that uh, I'm able to adapt to unforeseen circumstances and to perform uh, successfully, even mm-hmm. in hard yeah, yeah, yeah. during hard periods of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, that's great uh, because I know how bad the situation it was, but. It's good always when there is yeah. something good that you can take out of it, obviously. So how did your career progress after you filmed those reels? What what were you doing afterwards? Uh, since then, uh, I've done a, a, a photography project uh, where I filmed some uh, um, university current university students uh, uh, they, they they were going to have a ball uh, for the end of their academic year. And so I took some photographs of them. And I also, uh, and, uh, I, 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 and the other project that I'm currently working on is that I'm designing a logo for a pharmacy in Cyprus. Uh, oh, and nice. I also took some product photography pictures for that same pharmacy. So I'm mm-hmm. finding small projects here and there to do. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but you are based in uh, Dubai right now. You are working for yeah. 
someone in Cyprus. So, yeah. like, what markets are you working in? Or do you plan to work in London? Well, the idea, my ideal market that I'd like to work in is film and high-end TV. But for the time being, mm -hmm. I'm not that picky. Uh, I'm just trying to get as much experience as I can in recording video and editing and writing. And it doesn't really matter to me in which industry it is, as long as uh, it's, it relates to videography and photography and uh, yeah, yeah. the technical aspects of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. So I guess there isn't really a specific area that you would focus on. It's It's more like... Uh, to get a broad experience when it comes to f filmmaking and videography, as you said. Yeah, yeah. And I'm hoping that through that experience, I'll be able to get a job in the film industry. Mm -hmm. And do you have a specific uh, job in the industry in mind? Maybe, you know, what would you want to do? Initially, I'd like to work as a runner. Uh, uh, and perhaps as a camera trainee, uh, so that uh, I, those are entry level roles for those who uh, who don't know. And by by working uh, those roles, I'll I'll get experience on working on set and see how thing how things in professional sets work. So um yeah, so I'm hoping to get a job as a runner or as a camera trainee. Mm -hmm. And will be your ultimate goal to become a director, as we discussed before? Yeah, yeah, that's my ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. I mean, good luck. Sounds sounds good. And are you planning <laughs> to you. stay in Dubai or move, or it depends on opportunities? Yeah, it depends on opportunities. Uh, I mean, even though I'm look currently located in dubai i'm also applying to opportunities in the uk and other countries uh, so it just depends mm -hmm. on what opportunities come along yeah 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 and um i'm curious because of the strikes and what has been going on did you notice that yeah. there are maybe less opportunities than before when it comes to applications because of that? During my time in the UK, I noticed a difference. Yes, uh, there were uh, very few opportunities, uh, which is the main reason I left. Uh, but uh, in Dubai, there wasn't really a huge effect because of the strikes. So I think Dubai is a good uh, market to mm -hmm. search for a job in. Yeah. And are there, if, I mean, if you compare it to London, obviously there are not as many opportunities in London, I guess, when it comes to film industry. But it's also because in London, you've got more people that want to work there. But when it comes to Dubai and the number of opportunities, are there also plenty of people that want to work there? So it's also competitive. Or what is it like in there? Yeah. Uh, when I, I mostly apply on jobs uh, through LinkedIn uh, here in Dubai, 
and I always see at the top where it says how many applicants there are. Uh, there yeah. are hundreds of uh, applicants, and it's the same for the UK. So I think uh, there's a lot of demand in both countries for the jobs I'm applying for. But uh, I think in Dubai, there are a lot more opportunities uh, that there's always new opportunities every day. While in London, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know about others, but in my experience, it's just, for example, a few big companies have uh, internships for certain periods of time. And yeah. uh, if you don't get uh, selected for those, then that's it. Unless you network and you find someone uh, and you find a job through networking. Mm -hmm. uh, but here in Dubai, there's a lot of jobs every day. So I think there's a lot more yep. opportunities. So the, the probability increases for you to get a job. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you said also before that there is all, uh, a lot of Bollywood productions. Is that correct? In uh, Dubai or United Arab Emirates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of so, Bollywood productions here. So do they come to film there for the same reasons as Hollywood productions? Or what, what are the reasons to come there? To be honest, I don't know much about Bollywood, uh, but I would assume that it's for the same reasons. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, from what I know about Bollywood, I haven't watched any Bollywood movies, but I've seen clips online, and, uh, uh, trailers <laughs> at the cinema. Uh, <laughs> uh, it appears to me that they like a lot of uh, uh, digital effects. And mm -hmm. uh, Dubai has a lot of talent for... Uh, VFX and uh, digital technology. So I'm assuming mm -hmm. that perhaps that's one of the main reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And would you be willing to work on Bollywood productions if you get the opportunity? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I w if the, if an opportunity mm -hmm. came up, I would take it. I don't discriminate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Against oh, work. no, no, I didn't mean like, I'm, I meant like maybe, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, it's I mean, interesting. I, I mean, as a, I mean, I, I won't discriminate Bollywood just because I don't, I don't know much about it. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Cool. Um, as uh, we spoke before about Quentin Tarantino as one of your big inspirations who's uh maybe your yeah, favorite yeah. director now or filmmaker or even favorite film uh yeah tarantino uh, is still one of my favorite filmmakers uh and i also like uh, uh christopher nolan uh so mm -hmm. two of my favorite films are uh, inglorious bastards by tarantino and inception uh, by christopher nolan Mm. So I think mm -hmm. I would say I, and... I like a lot of films, but I would say these two are uh, a constant. Mm -hmm. And what are the reasons behind it? Well, I really like Inglorious Bastards because 
Firstly, I like uh, period films. Uh, so mm-hmm. my aesthetic tastes are aligned with the film. And uh, mm-hmm. I also like it because uh, it has two uh, great moments of suspense. Uh, the first scene is the opening scene of the film. Uh, where a Nazi officer... Is that in uh, cinema? Oh, no, sorry, I don't remember it at all. Okay, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so the first scene... Okay, no, no, you are referring to another scene. Uh, so the first scene <laughs> is... Uh, is uh, uh, I think it's... Yeah, it's set on, a, on the French countryside. And... A, a Nazi officer goes to interrogate a French family that's hiding uh, Jews, uh, and that interrogation yeah, scene is really suspenseful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, aren't they hidden and the second... under the floor or something? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and so mm, the audience okay. doesn't know that they are hiding there. But we start to suspect that uh, the French family is hiding uh, is hiding someone, and then the big reveal is when we see them hiding under the floorboards. Sorry for the spoiler mm-hmm. for anyone who doesn't see. <laughs> I was uh, gonna say that. Sorry for the spoilers who hasn't seen that. <laughs> uh, at least it's not a new movie, so mm. so uh, um uh, yeah. I'll probably be excused for spoiling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and was the second uh, scene? Yeah, so I like. Yeah, the second scene was uh, set in a underground tavern, where two or three undercover uh, officers uh, working yeah, for. Yeah, I knew uh, it that it will be this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. So. Uh, two or three undercover officers working for uh, uh, the British intelligence services. Uh, they go mm-hmm. to meet with a double agent, with a with a with a German double agent, and uh, during that meeting, a Nazi officer uh, hears them and joins them at their table, and. Eventually, he discovers that they're actually undercover British officers, and then there's mm-hmm. a big fight scene that breaks out. And the moments yeah. leading up to that are really suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That, that those were perfect. And why do you like uh, Inception? Or sorry, was it Inception or Interstellar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Inception. Yeah. Yeah, Inception. Mm-hmm. So I like I really like it for its uh, for the way it made me feel. Uh, it's more of an abstract reason, uh, but I really like the uh, the the non-linear uh, way of storytelling t- that uh, Christopher Nolan uses in that film and many of his other films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like that linear, non-linear way of telling a story uh, was used really effectively in that film, and just and and, and because it's a 
complex idea that he was trying to present in the film. It's also intellectually stimulating. So I felt mm -hmm. like the movie was challenging me. And so it has stayed with me over the years. Yeah, maybe it makes you to watch it a few times to uh, understand everything. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think, I believe that most other people have seen those films, but if anyone hasn't seen it, yeah. definitely films from both uh, Tarantino and Chris Nolan are worth watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, want to ask you about from your whether university experience or working experience, what is what uh, are some pieces of advice that you would share to people? Maybe someone who wants to get into the industry or is thinking maybe about starting film at university. Yeah, the first thing I would say is. Uh, for uh, people who are currently studying at university. Uh, I think it's important to uh, meet as many people as you can and also uh, develop uh, relationships with your professors uh, because it's through those relationships that you're most likely to get a job uh, after you graduate and even while mm -hmm. you are still at university. Uh, also, the other thing is I think it's really important to develop your portfolio uh, while it, while you're at university so that you you can use it as a calling card for getting uh, jobs in the industry after you graduate. And, uh, and I think it's also really important to have a CV and get someone who actually works in the industry or even if it's not someone who works in the industry, someone who uh, looks at CVs for a living. I think it's important to get someone like that to uh, look over your CV and give you some pointers that you could improve. Yeah, I think those three are the main lessons that I learned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice, I agree. And my favorite, a bit deeper question, imagine, Yes. If you had attention of everyone in the world, what would be your piece of advice that you would tell them? Does it need to be film related or career related, but something that uh, you would find important? I mean, one thing that uh, I always try to do is I try to avoid uh, wishful thinking. Uh, that to me means uh, ref reflecting honestly about where I am and where I'm going based on where I currently am and what I'm currently doing. And I think we sh it's, it's important, I think, to avoid wishful thinking because if you don't avoid it, then you'll be, you won't be doing what's best for you. Uh, each person can can adapt that to their own situation, but I think it's important to 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 be honest with yourself. That's what I would yeah. say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good advice. So, is there something that uh, I should have asked you and did not, or something that you would like to share? Uh, not really. There's nothing that uh, I can't think of right now. I think we've covered everything. So then, 
So then uh, feel free to promote your promote yourself or tell people when where they can follow you or connect with you. Uh, so people can follow me on Instagram uh, on my photography page. It's uh, Andy dot G underscore photography. And uh, also you can follow me on my website, andreasgregoras.com. And you can subscribe there for free and you'll get updated on what I'm doing if you want to support mm-hmm. me. NDG, it sounds like some rap name. Uh, yeah, that's actually <laughs> an interesting story. <laughs> so uh, when I was in... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, so when I was in high school, uh, my uh, uh, physical education uh, teacher uh, used to call me Andy G because there were two Andreases in the classroom. And uh, in order to distinguish between the two of us, he used to call me Andy G. So I thought I would <laughs> take that and use it. No, I, I like it because it, it reminds me of Ali G, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. It was, uh, I don't know if you know it, but it's amazing comedy. I can no. uh, uh, only recommend it. <laughs> I'll have a look at yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, 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 I don't know, like 20 years from now, but oh my God, it's so funny. Uh, you will laugh. Okay. Um, but anyway, I will add the links to the show notes. And are you like open for any collaborations? Because, uh, as you said before, it sounds like um, you you might be. So, if anyone wanted to collaborate, can they yeah, reach yeah, out to you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm open to collaborations internationally. So, if you <laughs> listen to this podcast and you think we can collaborate, feel free to reach out. Whether whether you are from uh, Africa, uh, South America, or <laughs> I don't know, uh, Eastern Asia, yeah, feel yeah. free to reach out. Even if you live uh, in Antarctica, I'll find a way to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. I I think we can uh, finish it for today. Then, uh, thank you very much. It was nice to catch up, and I wish you. Uh, good luck in your career and that you will reach out your ultimate goal to become a director. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on your podcast and I also wish you good luck with everything that you do in the future. Thank you as well and speak soon. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app, get in touch to provide your feedback or share any ideas for future guests. Thank you and see you soon.